everybody. I'm Lena. Say hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. We've been married for six years. No, it's not our first marriage. But hopefully it's our last. We're committed to making this one work. We will talk emotional baggage. Blended families. Love. Sex. Relationships. Life. We are here to help you with your baggage. So let's make sure that it fits in the overhead compartment. Because haven't we already paid enough? Life's too short to be weighed down by unchecked baggage. So sit back and enjoy the flight. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another enthralling and intriguing episode of Unchecked Baggage. There will be twists. There will be turns. You just never know where we'll end up. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Rob. Hello. I'm a big penis man with a small penis attitude. That is true. You should drive a big truck, too. (laughs) My penis isn't that small. I'd like to remind everyone, all four of you, that we are doing a giveaway for a custom unchecked baggage t-shirt. When we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we'll do a random drawing for anyone that's emailed us with a question or comment on the show or reviewed us on iTunes. So here's what you do. Number one, email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com with a relationship advice question, a topic that you'd like us to cover on the show, or a commentary about how much you love or maybe don't love the show. Number two, review us on iTunes. Please give us five stars. Number three, tell your friends to listen. The faster we get more listeners, the sooner we do the giveaway. So share us on social media. Number four, once we get to 100 downloads for our most recent episode, we will make a video of us doing a a drawing using a random number generator and post it. If you email us and review us on iTunes, you get added to the drawing twice. Awesome. Number five, the only restriction is that direct family cannot win. So moms, dads, kids need not apply. Also, I'd like to give a shout out to my friend Katie, who had an unchecked baggage t-shirt made for me for my birthday. (laughs) It's got our logo on the front and on the back. it, It says, ask me about my podcast. And I've literally worn it almost every day for the past week. Every day. Yeah. I mean, I finally washed it. Nobody's asked me about it yet, but I figure it's a numbers game, right? Maybe. Your hair covers up boy says, ask me about your podcast. You need to put your hair in a ponytail. Yeah, I need to start wearing my hair up. So I'm going to wear it every day and everywhere like it's my new uniform. Also, we're talking about possibly having a guest host on really soon. So you may get to meet my friend Susan when we talk about relationship astrology. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Anything else we need to talk about, Rob? Well... In one of our episodes, I don't remember which one it was, I think, too, when we talked about couple friends, I was going to go and review some couple friend sites. So far, it's, the reviews aren't very good, even though they're not swinger sites. Most every single profile says not swingers, but I'm going to give it a little bit more time so I can give it a good feedback. So maybe episode nine or 10, I'll give feedback on the friends sites. Okay. So what you're saying is that you go onto these friend sites and right. they're profiles say we're not swingers right but like i read one profile that said we're not swingers but we do skinny dip if you don't mind the skinny dipping then that's fine like okay whatever <laughs> okay so so they want to feel like swingers they want to feel like swingers but not, but not swing they just want to they want to swim naked in front of somebody so. yeah well that's weird yeah yeah we're just looking for regular old friends not the swinging so kind. i'm gonna give it a little bit longer so i can give good honest feedback on it all right Well, today's episode comes directly from a listener that emailed us our very first 
listener email. So I was so excited to see that. Amanda, she says, quote, how do you deal with insecurities in the relationship that develop over time in a healthy way? Great question, Amanda. Great question, Amanda. So today's episode is all about relationship insecurities. I know I'm making that sound way more exciting than insecurities actually are. (laughs) It's not very exciting, really. So I don't know why you're getting all excited. I'm hyping it up. Let's talk about everything that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about their insecurities, really. All right. So what is an insecurity? Rob, you tell me. What what do you think it is? Most people that are insecure in the relationship are probably insecure with themselves about something. But you, what's the definition of an insecurity? You probably feel awkward or get panicky. Okay. That's good. I found a definition from Oxford languages. It says that an insecurity is uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, lack of confidence. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. That's what you said. So today we will talk about insecurities that can affect your relationship. So either personal insecurities or insecurities about the relationship itself, because those are kind of two different things. One interesting thing that I did find, actually, I think you found this because you posted the link to it and then I just stole it. Yeah. You plagiarized my plagiarized thoughts. (laughs) We're not plagiarizing. We're totally giving credit for this. So there's brightside.me. It's a website. It has an article called, according to a study, couples who post a lot about themselves on social media are insecure. And I thought this was really interesting since we're talking about insecurities. I generally agree with that. Generally. I typically do too, but I thought this was really interesting as it applies to us because we both kind of post a lot about our relationship online. Well, I think it, I think it means, I think it's what the definition of a lot is. Like we don't post about our relationship every single day. Some people post every single day. Look at what my husband did. Look at what my wife did. Oh we're, yeah. We're like once a week, maybe. Yeah. Well, it says, okay. So in the article, it says uh, that a a previous study showed that people who had a couple profile pick were actually more satisfied in their relationships. So I thought that was cool because I almost always have a profile pick as my, I mean, a picture of both of us together as my profile. As compared to a couple that has a joint Facebook account. <laughs> people Some, that have a joint somebody, Facebook account, you know, somebody, somebody cheated. cheated. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, somebody cheated yeah. if they have a joint Facebook account. That's just, weird or or any other social media. We're just old and use Facebook a lot. So I thought that was interesting. Okay. So in the article to quote it, it says there's a study called, can you tell that I'm in a relationship attachment and relationship visibility on Facebook? It's a long name for a study. I, I know. Well, you know, studies a lot of times do have really long names. It says that a group of scientists hypothesize that those who try to make their relationships more visible may feel insecure about their partner's feelings. Hmm. And then that hypothesis was proven correct in an actual study of 108 dating couples. Basically, when they were feeling insecure about the relationship, they posted more relationshipy things on social media. Yeah, probably to get comments on. God, you guys have such a great relationship so they can psych yourselves out. Yeah. I mean, I think you're a pretty big poster of things on social media about our relationship. So how do you think that applies well, to us? I mainly post about sexy time. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't post just good stuff. I post sometimes when we have tr- issues. No, you don't. I don't? No. I do every once in a while. But we never have, really have any issues because we're perfect. But you don't put, I mean, I would be very upset with you if, if we like got an argument about something and then you posted it on Facebook. I'd be so upset with you. Yeah, but you, I, you never do that. I don't, I don't post all the time. I post a little bit about us, but in general, this hypothesis is right. But I think not every person that posts about the relationship all the time have a shitty relationship. Yeah, probably not. I have seen people post like memes and things about how if you're posting about your relationship all the time, we know it's not a happy relationship. And I'm like, I feel like that's pointed at me. Yeah, but the people that say, oh, look how the relationship is and they only know them through Facebook. Okay. It's not all real. Some Most of that stuff is probably just to make it look like it's good, but you don't know what the relationship is like at home. Our relationship that I post on Facebook is how our relationship is at home. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And yeah. it's not, I'm, I'm, I would think it's like 20 or 30% of the people that do that. Probably their relationship is that way. It's the other 70% that have the problems, insecurity or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. And I would just see people sometimes posting a lot of articles, not maybe not specifically things about their relationship, but they're posting articles about relationships. And I always think that whoever's posting that must be going through that thing at that point in time. And there are some people that post a lot oh, of yeah. relationship articles. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to talk about that because I thought that that was in- interesting to talk about since we're talking about insecurities. I think I just said talk about like 15 times. Talk about. <laughs> All right. So next I found an article from brides.com called, are you insecure in your relationship? Here's how to tell. This is mostly geared towards people that are insecure for no reason, really. So like, like there's not something significant going on in the relationship. And they worked with Alicia Jenny, M-A-L-M-F-T. She's a millennial attachment-based relationship therapist. Hold on, hold on. on. What does L-M-F-T stand for? It's like laugh my fucking tits off? There's no O at the end, so no. Tits off could be one word. It's licensed... Oh, I looked this up. It's licensed marriage, marriage, family, family, therapy. Ther- yes, therapist. Is. Yeah, very good. Last, very good licensed girl. married family therapist. Something like that. So with all those letters, you probably get paid extra. Anyway, she's yeah, you probably do, and she's she's way more qualified than we are. So I'm looking to what she has to say as the expert. Mm, probably the journalist. She says that insecurities come from quote unquote attachment wounds, where a relationship has broken your trust in the past. Hmm. So typically, if you've got some insecurities, it's because of things that have happened to you. And they list out in this article five different five different signs and what you can do about them. So sign number one, you don't trust easily. So that means that you doubt things that your partner says. You might snoop on them online, mm-hmm. stalk them online, or just snoop in general, you know, like go through their pockets and things like that, and you feel easily threatened. Right. So that's no good. So if you're having that problem, then they say that you can practice journaling when you're feeling this way to challenge your thought, your thoughts and give them, give the other person the benefit of the doubt, because typically it's coming from within you. It's not necessarily something that they're actually doing that is making you feel that way. Right. So it's best for you to kind of pinpoint that. 
Number two, you struggle with intimacy. You can't feel close sexually or emotionally. <laughs> My problem was always feeling close to somebody emotionally because mm-hmm. I'm emotionally stumped. Stunted. Stunted. Yeah. I can't say the word I wanted to say. So sexual, I was always close sexually, but not emotionally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have some walls up when it comes to your emotions. I do. We'll be more on that later. Uh, the article says that you need to figure out whether you and your partner experience intimacy in the same way, because, you know, everybody's got a different love language. So I may not experience intimacy in the same way that you do. You know, I might like getting presents or, or you do like you getting know, presents. <laughs> things like that. I might like getting presents. You like getting presents. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to work to figure out where your guards come from. So usually it's past experience of either abuse, fears, maybe some societal expectations that have been put on you. So you've got to figure that out. And once you figure out where it comes from, then you can start working on it. Number three, you become panicked easily. So you worry about your partner leaving or rejecting you. Yeah, I could see that. There's a funny meme on Facebook about a guy who says, Oh, my girlfriend just left me. Oh, wait, she just went through some bread. That's how some people, some people actually you like that. You know, why are you going to get bread at seven o'clock at night? That's a terrible way to feel. Some nights I just wish that you would leave. Yeah. I know, I mean, when you feel that way, that's why I stay. <laughs> okay. So if you're feeling like that, then you need to figure out when you first felt that feeling of panic. What was it that you needed to hear in that situation? And do you need to hear that now? So try telling yourself that message to calm yourself down. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think we have the power to soothe ourselves more than we realize a lot of the time. Brain is a very strong thing, though. Yeah, but it's also malleable. You True. Can... I don't even know what that means, but it's all right. Go ahead. It means stretchy? Yes. Okay. Very stretchy. Hey, smarter than I thought. Number four, you feel easily attacked. Feeling instantly criticized and defensive when your partner says something. So that's a terrible way to feel. In those cases, you need to try to think more rationally in those moments and less emotionally. And I know that's hard whenever you're in the heat of the moment. Is it the same thing as taking something that was a compliment, not as a compliment? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to tell somebody that they're a whole lot of woman, then yeah, they might take that a little bit in the wrong way and maybe okay. be a little defensive about it. Okay. I could, that's why I was asking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't do anything like that. It was only a stupid person would say that. Good question, Rob. You need to ask yourself questions like, am I making assumptions? Can I be making this into something that it's not? Do I create mountains over molehills? Are you making big arguments over small issues? You need to take stock of the last few arguments that you've had and look at them objectively and figure out what they were really about. So I do that sometimes where there'll be something big ish, you know, that's bothering me. And, you know, I may have mentioned it to you, but sometimes you kind of ignore me. And then so things tend to bubble up and, and like, I, I still feel resentment about them. So then you'll do something little and I'll like blow it out of proportion. I never ignore you. I always listen to what you say. I just don't respond sometimes. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I do that all the time. And so I really need to learn how to deal with each thing as it comes rather than letting things build up and, and keep each argument about that argument. Mm-hmm. Don't 
when we have an argument, don't say, well, two weeks ago, blah, blah, blah. Just stay focused on what we're arguing about at the time. Let's finish one argument and then go to the next one. And okay. That's really hard to do in practice, I, though. I know it is. You no, know, I everybody mean, does it. Like but, they spread everything all over the place. Yeah, I mean, that's really hard to do because things do build up. I mean, like I can let this little thing go and let that little thing go and then let another little thing go. But then all of a sudden I'm like, well, son of a bitch, there's a whole lot of little things here. Then the argument, and, the argument needs to be about you need to bring everything in one time. Don't say, hey, today you left your socks on the floor. Then last week you did something else. You know, just make it one big argument about everything. Make it an umbrella argument. Okay. <laughs> an umbrella. Like two, I, I mean, catch all. Yeah, because I can't defend myself. I got shit coming at me from every direction. Yeah. Just stay focused on whatever it is you, I'm pissed you off about. Yeah. And maybe it has a general theme like, man, you're yeah. a messy, messy man. Yeah, there. So you can put all that under the same umbrella. Got it. All right. And lastly, for this article. Number five, you don't accept yourself. So that means that you struggle with giving yourself permission to just be you. You may judge yourself and hold yourself to really high standards. That's a tough place to be in. Yeah. I get that. That's true. So in those cases, you have to work on yourself to get to a point where you can be your authentic self. You can also go to counseling. You can help yourself by reading self-help help books, self, you know, self-improvement books. You could also do spiritual work, soulful work on yourself as needed. Um, you need to be at the point where you're happy with yourself with or without a partner so that you're not relying on another person to fill those gaps. Yeah. So somebody that is not happy with their self is, and they, they're in a relationship for that person to make them feel happy. At first you might feel that way, but over time, if you're not happy with yourself, you're not going to be happy in the relationship. Mm-hmm. You make the other person miserable because you're always constantly making them make you happy. You need to make yourself happy. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that I've had to try to learn and still am learning. And I, I know that whenever I'm, my big thing is when, whenever I'm taking care of myself physically and emotionally, I'm just a much happier person. So if I'm exercising on a regular basis, if I'm eating right, if I'm taking some downtime and not just constantly working, working, working all the time, then that makes me a happier person and it makes our relationship happier. I'm the same way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll get into a rut where I feel shitty about myself. Yeah. Not working out or whatever. And then that makes me shitty around you. Yeah. And I think sometimes whenever you get in those ruts, it's really easy to let yourself stay there. But if you can recognize it as what it is and you recognize that you're not, you're just not happy with yourself at that you know time, then you just make yourself do the things, even though you don't feel like it. Yeah. I think, I think me and you are part of our relationship right now where each of us knows when the other person's in the rut. Yeah. And, and, um, I would gently get you out of the rut, but you kick me out of the rut. So, well, you know, we each have our own personalities. Which is what I need, though. I can't be gently say, hey, you need to go work out. Mm-mm. You have to tell me you're a fat slob. <laughs> I never say that. You need to go work out. You Whatever lie. tall those muscles you had when I met you. So that's <laughs> when I go work out. <laughs> All right. So moving on from that article, I found another one. There are so many things online about this. So we just picked the ones that we thought applied most appropriately to this discussion. 
So most relationship insecurities actually come from personal insecurities. So I found a really good article, goodtherapy.org called Insecurity. It talks about what is insecurity, the causes, and what to do about it. And it says that people with high insecurity levels, they can have trouble forming long-lasting relationships. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I like you said earlier, I mean, you can't be happy in a relationship until you're happy with yourself. So a lot of people are probably unhappy in a relationship because they're unhappy with themselves. They think it's the other person. So they go to another person and they just keep going down the line from one person to the next and they can't get happy because they're not working on themselves. You're literally talking about me right now. Am I? Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I did for a long time. Well, yeah. But now you stopped. Thank goodness. Because you're with a man with a special set of skills. <laughs> I think I'm also at a point in my life where I'm just more happy and comfortable with myself. Yeah. And so that just, that helps. So but this, one more thing. Yeah. On that. I think it also helped. It also helps. I'm not saying this as for me bragging about myself, but it also helps if you're with someone who makes you feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you look nice, you look good. I love your body, whatever. So it also affirms how you feel about yourself, but it also keeps up your confidence because you know, the person that sees you, sees you in a, in a way that they like. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and I think, I mean, there, I think there's somebody out there for everybody really, if, if they want someone and it's really is important that if you're going to be with someone that you, you really do need to be with someone that builds you up right. and, and makes you feel better about yourself and not worse. I mean, if you're, if you're in a relationship with someone that tells you bad things all the time, that that's not a healthy environment for you, you should, to be in. You should set your goals high. Okay. You think you see somebody that is out of your league, you should go for that person because you can't hit home run if you don't swing. <laughs> you know, the last time you told me that, do you remember what you had done? No. What was it? <laughs> what was it? Okay. Do you remember that time that it was, I think my birthday or some, some special occasion. And you wrote with shoe polish all over my oh, car. That's right. I remember that. It was your birthday. Yeah. 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 And you wrote like happy birthday. And then you wrote 44 double D my bra size and you didn't even get it right. No, I didn't on the car. Mm-hmm. Like that was something for me to go around town and, and, and be happy to let everybody know about. Right. Well, sometimes, you know, you, you swing and miss. Right. That's what that was the last time you said that. <laughs> That's what it reminded oh, me okay. of. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Now. Oh, you were so angry about that. Yeah. I was. Oh, yeah. well, I had just started a new job and I didn't want to pull into the parking lot with four you'd have you'd written forty four double D and that wasn't even right. I'm a triple D, Rob. Whatever, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, it was very embarrassing. But I'm I'm glad that you do try things sometimes. And yeah, you know, and, not everything's the you, you just apologize and <laughs> I mean, you, you know, I didn't have bad intent. No, so, I know okay. you didn't. So anyway, back back to insecurities. Okay, so back to this article. Some of the causes of insecurities are things like traumatic events, crises like divorce or bankruptcy, loss, unpredictable environment, parents that push you too hard in childhood, isolation in childhood, loneliness in childhood. Also something called insecure attachment. And that's when a caregiver doesn't respond to an infant's need. 
And a side note that I learned that those who experience insecure attachment as a child are more likely to be violent against their partners. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. And then also a wide array of mental health disorders can influence insecurities. So what are the effects of insecurity? Why is it even bad to be super insecure? Well, it can cause low self-esteem, body image issues, lack of direction, feeling overlooked by others. If someone's been affected by insecure attachment, then they're more likely to interpret their partner's behavior as hostile or negative. They may react negatively or defensively. They may struggle in their careers because they can't speak up about their accomplishments. They may be too anxious or shy to face people. They may distance themselves from others. It can also, if you're distancing yourself from others, that can cause depression, social anxiety, dementia, lower Mm self-esteem. So there's a lot of bad things about being super insecure. So what can you do about these things? Number one, you need to identify what the cause is because I just listed them off. I mean, there's a ton of things that can cause people to be insecure and it's not just a one size fits all thing. So you've got to figure out where those specific insecurities come from. You have to do a lot of work on your own by figuring out where those feelings are coming from and get to the root of it so that you can work through those things. And you don't always have to do it by yourself either. You can go to therapy. I know I've mentioned therapy probably 15 times already on on our five podcasts, but I'm a, a big proponent of that. It can help you to identify strengths and focus on them because if you're thinking about your strengths on a regular basis, then you're putting less energy into the negative stuff. Right. That's hard to do though. I, I mean, it negative, is. Yeah. Negative, negative thoughts are easier. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's work. It's, it's definitely work and it's, it's, you've got to work to make yourself think more positively. If you're typically used to thinking negative things about yourself, addressing insecurities, help people feel more confident in themselves and their choices. And it can be helpful. So therapy, it can be helpful, whether it stems from a situation or a mental health issue, either one of those things can be addressed in therapy. I agree with all that. Good. I'm glad you did a great job. (laughs) All right. So let's see. We talked about what insecurities are, what you can do about them. There is one more source that I did want to mention that talks about how to really deal with your personal insecurities. It's on hellorelish.com called Relationship Insecurity, 12 Steps to Overcoming Self-Doubt. Because a lot of the insecurities, I mean, really they... It's a, a form of self-doubt. So you doubt your, you know, maybe your worthiness or your ability. And there are 12 steps that you can take to overcome this. So number one, we'll go through these kind of quickly. Number one, you have to stop saying that you're insecure because if you're putting that out there into the world and you're speaking that negativity all the time, then you're going to feel that. So if you're saying more positive things about yourself, then you're going to feel more positively. Number two, you need to doubt your doubts. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Number three, name your critic. My critic's name is Steve. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to name him Steve, that's fine too. But you really, I mean, if, when you recognize something, it's you can put a label on it. And once you can label something, then you can have more control over it. So I think that's what that that's all about. Number four, you need to stop overthinking. Overthinking can cause you to spiral down a negative rabbit hole real quick. That's true. Number five, you need to get to the root of it. Like we talked about earlier. Six, if you need help, ask for it. 
and that can be therapy or that can be, you know, maybe you've got, you know, a trusted friend that you can talk to, a family member. There are a lot of people out there that can, can help you. Number seven, cut off your comparisons. That really, it, it talked about, especially on social media, like we were talking about earlier, if you see things online, people are putting, typically, unless they're those cray-cray friends that are putting out, like, like my boyfriend's cheating on me, or we just had an argument about this. Most of the, most people don't do that. Most people just put the good stuff out there. Right. Don't compare your relationship to relationships you see online. Exactly. Because you're seeing their good stuff, just like you're putting your good stuff out there. And everybody has bad stuff too. It's just, we don't want to dwell on it and stick it out there for everyone to dissect. Number eight, cultivate confidence. We talked about that. Number nine, open up. You, you have to talk, especially, I mean, if you're in a relationship, what's the point if you're not communicating? So you've got to open up about what's going on with you. Yeah. It's easier said than done for some. Oh, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know some people are not just emotionally open, but I'm not, I, I know I'm like it, 80% open. It's, it's work for you yeah. for sure. But I, I know, mean, well, but I know that I know that. Yeah. I mean, me too. Sometimes, I mean, there are some weeks where I'm just like, Oh, leave me alone. I do not want to interact. Number 10, improve self-talk. So like I said earlier, you know, say nice things about yourself to yourself and you'll start to feel those, those nice things. Number 11, surround yourself with positivity. It said in that article that the top five people that you spend time with influence you more than anything. And so you really need to take stock of the, the people, the five people that you're spending the very most time with. Yeah, if you hang around people that are negative, you're going to have negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're with someone a lot of the time that's just negative and their life is terrible and uh, I, I I can't I just can't be around people like yeah, if that. If you hang around somebody that talks about other people, they're talking about you also. Oh you yeah, cut, cut them off. That is a good point. That's a good point. Um, number twelve: embrace insecurity as part of being human. So we all have insecurities. That's It's not a problem to have a few insecurities. It's a problem when you let those insecurities rule your life. Right. I embrace my insecurities. There's issues I have that I have. And sometimes I work on them and sometimes just like, I'm not going to even try to work on that one. Like being in an elevator. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Just take the stairs. Take the stairs. Because then I look at it like (laughs) being healthy, walking up the stairs. Right. All right. So what about us, Rob? What are our insecurities and how can we work on them? We thought we would bring a little bit of our own information here to the podcast today. Do you want me to go first? You can, if you, you'd like. All right. So my big insecurity is, so there's a group called Papa Roach who has a song and the name of the song, I think is scars and the words say scars remind us that the past is real. Okay. But it doesn't have to actually be physical star- scars. It could be mental scars. And sometimes they're so old that you put them away and you think they're gone, but the scar can still be ripped open if it's, if it's a physical scar, an emotional scar, just like a couple of weeks ago when you brought up the fact that I don't talk to people very much around friends, well, my baggage and that brought that opened up my emotional scar of friendship because most of the friends I've had in my life have fucked me over in high school, had a friend. And every time I like somebody, I say, Hey, I like this girl. He sleep with them. Aww. Yeah. And one time he took me to the fair, lost me and left me there. And this was before cell phones. I had to call my dad to collect, come get me. 
Then I was in the military, my so-called best friend. Whenever I met my first wife, started dating her. He's like, oh, you don't want to date anybody. Then you won't have time hanging with me. So he introduced me to this girl. And, you know, she was pretty hot. So I spent time with her. We were always t- together, all three of us. And whenever it came time for me to do the deed, he would always figure out a way to block us, you know, like jump on the car or whatever. And then I found out later he was sleeping with her also. And then I found a friend that I liked. Everything was cool. I trusted him. We had a really good relationship. And then he dies of a heart attack at the age of 40. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. That was 2003. So then I didn't make any friends until I met you. Mm -hmm. So 2013, 2014, went 10 years without having really any relationship with other couples or anything. And we met some couples here, two couples, everything was going fine. And then one couple fucked me over. Like to me, I feel loyalty is very important in a, in a friendship. Whenever somebody breaks my trust or loyalty, then I have to cut them off. Now we have a pretty good set of friends, but it's still hard for me to completely open up because in the back of my mind is, is if I tell them too much information, will they use it against me later? So, yeah. but I'm trying. Makes you vulnerable. Yeah. I don't like to be vulnerable. I know. I don't like anybody to know where my weaknesses are except for you. I know. So that's my story. Well, it's kind of hard to follow that. My insecurities, my biggest ones are, well, from childhood has always been my weight even though I like, I look back at pictures of myself and I'm like, I wasn't a fat kid at all, but I always felt like a fat kid. I'm just a bigger woman. Like my, my shoe size is size 11, you know, like, like Amazonian. Yeah. I'm like, I'm Amazonian. That's what I say. <laughs> right. And so that's just always been a really big deal because whenever I was younger, there were no depictions of larger women in the media at all. I was surrounded by women that were smaller for the most part. So I always just felt, I mean, I was taller than all the girls. I was bigger. I just, I mean, even though like in middle school, I was like, I was a cheerleader, you know, I was super muscular. That was another thing. I was like very, very muscular. I I just have always had a problem with my size. And then of course, as I got older and gained weight with kids, it just perpetuated the problem. So it's taken a lot of work for me to get to the point where I feel more comfortable with myself. And it's still a constant battle. I guess there's more of you to love, babe. Thanks, babe. Another insecurity of mine is my level of education. Um, I didn't actually go to college like right out of high school or anything. I didn't, I didn't go back to college until I actually had multiple children. That was hard for sure. Um, and, and most of the people that are at my level are they, I mean, they've got most of them have master's degrees or double master's degrees. And so it's, it's always in the back of my mind that mm, I don't have the level of education that everyone else has. Um, but I also don't want to, I don't want to do the time commitment right now. And I also don't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on something that may not even pay off. Right. I mean, is it going to be worth paying? $60,000 to get a $10,000 a year raise. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I still have probably a couple more promotions until I'm like topped out. So at this point, I'm just learning to accept where I'm at right now and, and become more valuable in my position at work. And once the kids are moved out and stuff, I may think about going back. And then my last thing that I'm super insecure about is finances. That's like, so whenever I was a kid, we were really, really poor for a long time. Then we got to the point where we were actually kind of well off. 
and then we lost it all. Mm-hmm. Like I have nightmares still about losing everything, you know, I, where I have to live in like a, a shack or, you know, like a, a bug infested place or, or something like that, because I just always have that in the back of my mind that I can lose it all at any point. Well, you have, if you live in a bug infested place, you always have friends <laughs> like Willard. True. I'll, I'll ben. try to it Ben. Ben. What's it? Yeah. Willard, oh, I think. you mean the the movie about the girl, the, the guy, the rat, wrote, yeah. the rats. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, that is, uh, those are our insecurities. If you guys want to write into us about any of that, definitely do at unchecked AF at gmail.com. Now, lastly, we need to address the elephant in the room. You're probably thinking, well, what if you have insecurities in your relationship that are actually justified? Like, what if my partner's cheating on me or has cheated on me? Or I have a jerk partner that says degrading or demeaning things to me. That can definitely create insecurities. Or if you have a partner that lies. Those are all very valid reasons to feel insecure in your relationship. Lying to me is the biggest one of the biggest things you can do. Yeah. I put that under the thing of cheating. Cheating and lying are basically the same thing. Yeah. So even though I was a terrible husband and a serial cheater, it was a shitty thing to do. If it happened to me, I don't know if I could forgive anybody, but I did it. But that's Well you uh, did I mean yeah. you, you did forgive it too. I know, but I'm but that's a hard thing to get over is lying. That's a hard trust to get back. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a good point. And most of the things do boil down to trust in a relationship. And I actually found an article on relate.org.uk called, I don't trust my partner. It talks about the importance of trust in a relationship and how it, it kind of comes and goes. So it's not like it's static throughout your entire relationship. So even good relationships can have some trust issues from time to time. There are little gestures of trust, trust, like saying kind things, touching your partner, maybe doing the dishes for them. And then there are the big gestures, like, you know, deciding to share your finances together or making a big commitment like marriage. Those are all big, big gestures of, of trust. Yeah. Another thing is if you do a after work get together or you have a get together with anybody and your partner's not going, don't say, Hey, I'm going to after work thing with Steve. Okay. You want to tell everybody that's there, even if there's females there or the opposite sex there, because if your partner finds out later, then that's also going to lead to like, why didn't you tell me this person was there or that? So leaving stuff out is the same as lying. Oh, okay. don't assume, I don't assume I say, Hey, I'm going to happy hour and I'm going with the guys. If the, if you know, girls are going to be there, say we're going from people from work, there will be girls there and guys there. And that way that's out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Very good point. I have a couple <laughs> every now and then. So lack of trust, it, it can be really lonely. It can make you feel lonely because you have a lack of touch, a lack of warmth, lack of spending time together. You know, if you've got a partner that never wants to spend any time with you, that can make you not want to trust them. Right. Or, you know, even the bigger things like affairs or lying, some of those things can damage a relationship beyond repair. But even the strongest relationships, they have issues with trust sometimes. And this is this is the example that you were wanting me to give oh, earlier, I Rob. Okay. Yeah, this is where that goes. So, so yeah. I'm not the only one that fucks up. Right. I'll throw myself out there. So this was last year 
when the pandemic first started. So yeah, it was, it was in March. Yeah. So I was like a little bit crazy at that point anyway, or feeling a little bit off kilter, I guess that this is whenever you went to the doctor and okay. So I'll tell it like, I'm not talking to you. Okay. So Rob went to the doctor. I don't know what was going on with me, but he was there for a really, really long time. And I looked on Life 360, which we have so that we can find each other. And track each other. And <laughs> I don't really use it for tracking. I think you look I think you look at it way more than I do. I just the only time I ever look at it is like he's not answering his phone. Where's he at? I cannot confirm or deny what you just said. Anyway, so Rob's at the doctor for a really long time and I'm like, where is he? So I look on Life 360. He's still at the doctor. So I look at our bank account and I'm like, he checked, he already checked out. Like, why is he still sitting there at the doctor? And then I thought, well, he must be having an affair. <laughs> that's-, that, that's the next logical step. <laughs> that's He paid for the doctor. He's still there. He must be having an affair. Right. So I drove up there like a freaking lunatic. 20 miles. It's not around the corner. It's in a different city. Oh yeah. So I drove up there and I see Rob's car empty and I was like, where is he? I know he's not still in the doctor because he's already checked out. And he's already checked out that he's not just sitting around there hanging out. So he must be in these restaurants over here across the little driveway. And so I went and parked in front of the restaurants and waited for him to come out with whatever hussy he was in there with. <laughs> it would have to be a hussy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I texted him. I was like, I hope she's worth it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I got a text from you saying, are you, why are you parked over by my doctor's because, office? But we were going to go see her sister later that day. Mm-hmm. And I had a few hours to kill. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lay right here. Cause it's nice and cool and take a little nap. Cause I had plenty. I didn't have anything else to do all day. So I put the seat back where she couldn't see me. And I woke up to my phone and I was like, I hope she's worth it. And I was like, what? And I lifted up my seat and I saw your car <laughs> in front of me. I'm just like, what the hell is she doing here? <laughs> oh, I felt so stupid. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. I was being ridiculous. That's the only time I've ever done anything like that. But that just goes to show that like, and, and I've never, I actually never really worried about Rob cheating on me. But I mean, it, seriously though, how, how did you feel? When you found out I was in my car. Stupid. But what you, you just felt stupid? Did you feel like disgusted or dirty or no, I just felt like stupid. No, I just felt stupid. Did you feel like I hope he's not gonna be too angry at me? No, I didn't care. I should have used that for butt stuff. I didn't no, I knew I knew that I know how your mind works and you you were just gonna be like, Oh look, she really does care about me. Yeah. No, that's and see that's a weird spin to put on it. If you get jealous sometimes and you do something stupid some people like, I can't believe she's so jealous. Why don't you trust me? Blah, blah, blah. I look at it as like, she doesn't want to lose me because if she didn't care, she would just let me have an affair and not even worry about it. So when somebody cares that much to drive 25 miles thinking that you haven't lived with somebody, then that actually means that they don't want to lose you. If you think about it. Yeah, but that re- can go overboard. Well, I can. mean, that's the only time I've ever done anything like that. And that one story that you told before was the only time you've yeah, done anything I mean, like if that. If it constantly happens, is mean, an issue. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, if, if the trust is so bad that you're like checking up on somebody, like you're, you're getting their phone and you're going through their phone or you're checking up on them on social media all the time or, or whatever, you're trying to catch them doing things. That's bad. I look at it as like, I'm such a sexy piece of man meat that you didn't want to lose me. That's (laughs) That's how I took that. Right. 
Okay, so the point is, is that fluctuations in trust are very normal. And as long as the jealousy doesn't go overboard, you're all right. Yes. Lack of trust can be reversed. So if you've got small or like smaller issues like that one, where I was just you know, in a bad place or very recent issues, you can talk them through. Just talk to your partner and let them know how you're feeling and talk through the things. And hopefully your partner is receptive to hearing this, this information. But if you have deeper issues, then it it might be better to get therapy because sometimes it may be too hard to be open and vulnerable with someone just right off the bat. If you've got a history of trust issues that, that are valid, Or, you know, maybe the atmosphere is just too charged, you know, it's too emotional and you guys just can't face it alone. Get some therapy. It's fine. Yeah. We've had therapy. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, we didn't really go for very long though. You know, but still we went. Yeah. Go, go together, go separate, whatever. Just get some therapy. If you want the work, you'll do whatever it takes to make it work. That is exactly right. We do whatever it takes to make it work. I have been dropping knowledge bombs today. Well, I mean, if it's worth it, if it's worth it, do whatever it takes to make it work. Yes. But sometimes it's not worth it. Yeah. I mean, the easy way is just to quit and start over. But, you know, look at the, let's look at the picture of who you're with. And is that the person I could spend the rest of my life with? And sometimes it just takes work to make it work. Mm -hmm. It really does. Yeah. Whenever I was young, I didn't understand that whole relationships are so much work. And I was like, relationships shouldn't be work because you love each other. Everything is work. Yeah, it is. It, it is. And, and it definitely pays off if, if you're with the right person. And there is so much information available online about personal insecurities, relationship insecurities, and building trust in a relationship that we're linking a bunch of articles in the show notes today, even if we didn't directly use them in our episode. So definitely check those out if this is something that you need help with. And that's pretty much it today. Also, email us us with your stories that we just told and what happened, or if you think something's going on with your spouse or partner or whatever, email us. And we can talk about it on the air. Yeah. Or and I, he just email you back. And I was going to say, if you do email us and you don't want us to use your name, definitely let us know and, and we'll keep that anonymous. Yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. So, babe, you know why the pilot feels insecure? Why? Because the job's always up in the air. <sighs> Gosh. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good night, Lena. Good night. Thank you all so much for listening to us. For relationship advice or to tell us how great we are, please email us at unchecked.af at gmail.com. We can also be found at unchecked.baggage.co or on Facebook by searching at unchecked.af. Our Twitter handle is at unchecked.baggia1 or search for unchecked.af on Instagram. Thank you to Jessica at jessiebcreative.com for our awesome cover art. And thanks to everyone for listening to Unchecked Baggage and check Check your your baggage baggage at the door. door.